0: everybody, and welcome to That's Life, the show where we know we may stop sweating sometime in October. This jalapeno on my salad actually seemed like a good idea at the time. Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for listening. Avram, can we raise these up a little bit? By the way, for those of you um, who were feeling pretty mellow from that last selection from Avrami during the live lunch, um, that's over now because I'm on the air. Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam Elwalik, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday at 2 p.m. as I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. By the way, Avram, you know that I put jalapeno in my salad on purpose because I read once – all right, don't make fun of this part. I read once in, I guess, a Weight Watchers magazine that by adding spice or heat to your salad, you will burn calories as you go because you sweat when you eat those kinds of food.
1: Well, we just do it because we enjoy it, actually. In my house, uh, Toby – Came up with this great set. Well, it was sort of trying to do a different salad dressing, but whatever, where she mixes some French dressing, some Italian dressing, and then puts harif in it, and then mixes it nice. together. Well, and then puts harif? it on. So it's like tangy and cool and spicy. It's really good.
0: That does sound good. I, uh, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the jalapeno, but this one is muy caliente. Anyway, I'm coming to you from the home of the Nakam Eagle Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, joined by my handy-dandy dandy partner of Rummy. What's up, rum?
1: All's well. How was
0: your fast, by the way?
1: Um, I am blessed with the ability to fast without much of a problem. That's because you, know? you eat
0: bread and water on a daily so, basis. For those of you who don't so, know, I'm not kidding. He's got like a loaf of rye bread somewhere it here was, in the
1: studio. I don't have to now because this week we're staying in New York, so my parents are buying it. So I actually I did have two sandwiches with bread and butter this morning. Of course morning, you did. Three sandwiches yesterday. But, but um, Toby is a good woman. The day before the fast, all I had till three in the afternoon was a cup of coffee. And then I realized I'm going to fast tomorrow, and it would not be a good idea to do this two days in a row. So right. then I started eating. So, and then I was really fine the fast day, all the way till the last hour. My head started to feel a little bit weird or whatever. But, you know, thankfully, some people have a really hard – my sister gets nauseous, like, fairly early uh, on in the fast, whatever. So some people I know have a, have a hard time with it. But thankfully, a
0: friend of mine as takes, of yet, I don't. A friend of mine takes Imatrex injections, like injections, in order to get through the migraine that he is going to have during the fast now i have said to him dude man up and just get off of coffee for a week but he would rather just inject himself with ematrix
1: there are caffeine suppositories that people take. i used to right, work in a pharmacy and are you serious? I, they well, used no, to take a whole no. bunch of them before the fast i days. know
0: about the suppositories <laughs> i'm giving you an, giving you an are you serious about the pharmacy thing anyway <laughs> if you are a new listener to the show like noam eisenberg who's tuning in from ODIN, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in if you are a new if, uh, if you are a returning listener thanks as always for making us part of your day if miriam l wallach once a week it's just not enough for you, and I promise you, Noam is saying who does not think Miriam Wallach once a week is not enough. Do what listener Sharon Kessel does. Friend me on Facebook. Send me an invite on LinkedIn. You can shoot me an email, Miriam at NachamSiegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show. I will respond to you afterwards. Please also follow us on Twitter, NachamSiegelNet, all one word. Please also make sure to check out my piece this week in OU Life. Um, it hasn't been posted yet. I just checked, but actually that piece is already posted on my blog. It is a... Post about my Bubby, and for those of you um, who did not know my Bubby, she was an amazing, amazing woman, and um, I will let you read on your own about um, <laughs> my communicating with my Bubby in the last 14 years. Uh, it's actually very interesting, at least I think so. Many thanks to those who posted my Canadian piece and who posted the piece that I um, had on a couple of weeks ago. please post the fake the post? The pieces on Facebook, on your Facebook pages. Let's try and move them around, folks. Let's go to our favorite segment. Here we go. Favorite segment. It's the fortune cookie of rum. I'm feeling good about these fortune cookies. You know why? Because we've had a good batch. We've had a good run. All right. Let's see what we have. let's see. Survey says, success, hello, success lies in the hands of those who want it. Now, I will tell you, that sounds good, except that there's a grammatical mistake, because it says, who wants it? no. So now I'm not excited about this. I was excited initially, but there's something about Confucius not being able to do spell check that bothers me a little bit. Let's take care of some business. Here are today's national headlines. It's decide to be married day. I don't know.
1: Wait, what was the first word you said? Decide. Ah. Uh.
0: Like, shkoyach, let's decide to be married. I don't get it. It's happy birthday to you day. Um, It's not my birthday, and it's not your birthday, so uh, happy birthday to somebody out there. It is industrial workers of the world day. It is also National Handshake Day. Now, I remember last year on National Handshake Day, I dared people to go down Grand Street shaking people's hands. I will tell you, a couple minutes ago when I was out on Grand Street, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about randomly just asking people to shake their hand, but I was afraid I was going to be arrested. And um, it's also National Bomb Pop Day. Now, uh, did you know what that is?
1: The Bomb Pop's the red, white, oh, and blue, okay. of course. So
0: meanwhile, I look at this, I'm like, who in the world, my liberal sense of humor, looks at, who in the world is says the word bomb. Anyway, yeah, for those of you who don't know, like me, until about 10 minutes ago, a bomb pop is those red, white, and blue, like, good humor, icy thing. Uh, you know, ice pops, mm-hmm. right? Um, those are not natural colors, by the way. I just want to say for the record, the white, maybe, because it's an absence of color, but the blue and the red, not so much. So uh, uh, you should go out and enjoy a bomb pop today. Oh, by the way, I do want to mention that, National Handshake Day is not to be confused with World Handshake Day. Evidently, those have different sponsors. Crazy follows me everywhere. I just want to let you know what happened yesterday on the train. Um, when I am on the train, I make a concerted effort not to be the person who's talking on their cell phone on the train. I never want to be that guy. Sometimes you have to be that guy, but I really try not to be that guy. I don't mind if somebody else is that guy, except for the guy this morning He was speaking in French, and for some reason, or another, that annoyed me. But anyway, I just still try not to be that guy. Anyway, yesterday morning, I got a text um, from my dad that he wasn't feeling well, and I needed to address that text on the train because it was really uh, a it was really a serious issue. Thank God my father's feeling fine, and uh, but meanwhile I had to address that issue. And I'm sitting on the train and you know speaking rather animatedly so to speak, and I couldn't have been paying that much attention to everyone else around me uh, around me. Meanwhile we get into Penn Station, and before I get out of the car somebody looks at me and says, I really hope your dad's going to be okay. <laughs> which was very nice of this person. I just didn't realize how loud I had been. I guess that's the story of my life. I never know how loud I really am. The hashtag segment. We introduce our new hashtag every week. See if it sticks. Last week was Stunt Show This. Today's stunt Today's stunt show. Today's hashtag is Naomi Nachman. Hashtag Naomi Nachman. Join Naomi tomorrow morning. We will be at uh, Gourmet Glot in Cedarhurst. Naomi will host Table for Two. We broadcast live from there starting at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's actually a supersized sized. Show nine to ten thirty. There'll be live interviews and cooking demonstrations, all on the air. I will be there. I'm looking forward to being there. You know why? Why? Free food, buddy. Again, another segment that there's free food and you're not invited. I mean, Listen, involved. if
1: the pl- if they have like super good Wi-Fi or something where I could actually do my Friday morning work from there, then maybe I could show up and be there. But the you other just stuff. Just,
0: why don't you just use my uh? My uh no, my I head. have to
1: use my equipment whenever I go somewhere oh, or brother. use someone else's stuff, something okay. happens okay. and then it gets all upsetting. I can't do my work and I'm thinking I'm just letting people down whatever. I don't okay. want to let people down. so okay. if you can call them up and find out if they've got super good Wi-Fi good internet connection so I could do my work expertly, then maybe I could show up. And, two words for you
0: yeah. Z k call him because he's already taking care of all the technical stuff. All right yeah, I'm not in charge of that stuff. If you're listening to that's life here on the Knoum Siegel Network. I have my first guest on the phone. she is on hold from Jerusalem. It is nighttime for Joanna Shepson, but I am sure she has been blogging and working on her website, FunInJerusalem.com, all day. We need to hear about what's going on this summer. Hello, Joanna.
2: Hi, Miriam. How are you?
0: Good. Did I wake you up?
2: Uh, No, I've had just finishing off a full day of fun.
0: (laughs) That's a good line, by the way. So tell me, because I have your website up now, and by the way, I I will let everyone know FunInJerusalem.com, I honestly think, looks better and better every single time I go on it and I'm on it pretty often. Tell me what exciting things we have going on starting next week, because people are already um, leaving the the New York area. They're making their way if they're going for summer. They're going to Jerusalem. They're spending their summer in Israel. Tell people what they have to look forward to.
2: There is so much going on that when I sit down to prepare for this radio interview, each time I think to myself, now, how am I going to filter? There's so many things to mention. Um, we've got so many festivals. Also, we just finished off a Formula One festival. Oh yeah, can we, we talk about that? You want to talk about that
0: now? I was going to talk about that yeah, later. We can talk about that fantastic. now. Fantastic,
2: it, because it, it really builds on the beginning of the festival season in Jerusalem. Oh. And we had race cars driving all around. Motorcycle specialists with, who were able to do all sorts of motorcycle tricks. Um, the crowds definitely came out in support of the Formula One.
0: When we were in Israel for the Jerusalem Marathon, it seemed that people were pretty annoyed. Now, the Jerusalem Marathon was on a Friday. When was the um, When was the Formula One festival? Was that also on a Friday? A thurs- oh, yes, it? Thursday and Friday. Okay, so I-, I could have been misreading the crowd, though I don't think I was, but people were pretty annoyed that Yerushalayim was, shall we say, closed off while people were getting ready for Shabbos. Was the same thing true here?
2: Oh, yes, for <laughs> sure, because the Formula One only ended late in the afternoon, like around 4 o'clock, and there were actually some people who got stuck where they drove down a street not knowing that at the end of the street there were concrete barriers. Oh, no. And they had to sit. sit oh, they no. Them.
0: How long did – I mean, those, and those barriers stayed up for a while. So
2: they removed all the barriers that were blocking actual roads, like right before Shabbos, and then they, they left the rest of the barriers to remove them after Shabbos was over.
0: Why did they need two days?
2: Um, they had the show, they had it twice. They had it once in the afternoon and evening and once Friday morning. They got a lot of tourists to come in from other parts of Israel.
0: So did it people, wasn't just, did, sorry, did organizers feel that it was worth it?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And what yeah, about? It really, it was a great buzz. And what about the natives? Um, natives thought it
2: was really cool. I don't know if it's the kind of thing that will happen every year. Um, it was, It was the novelty of it was very cool.
0: So you said that this was the start of the festival uh, season, so to speak, or the season of festivals. Um, tell me what else people have to look forward to.
2: Um, starting today, there's a Made in Jerusalem festival, which is starting at the First Station. Um, let me just give you a little background on that, because for someone who hasn't been, if someone hasn't been to Israel or to Jerusalem in the last uh, couple months, there's a brand new outdoor mall called First Station, which used to be called the Old Train Station.
0: Okay, that's um, like behind the La
2: it is like a, yeah, across the street from Ganapamon. It
0: starts there. I just dated myself um. there. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the Inbal, in yeah.
2: Inbal. Right. Exactly. We all call it the La Rome. <laughs> and, um, there's an old train station compound, which is sort of the big, large parking lot next to Superdeal. Okay, You know sure. where Superdeal is? Yes, I do. And that's where the, um, ice festival happened. That's where uh. the Formula One, you could view the cars before the, before the actual race. And then the first station itself is a place where you can go with our restaurants and activities and and shows for kids going on all the time.
0: Like shows, like what, like uh, like juggler shows or or like performance art shows. Well, for example,
2: uh, my son takes a afternoon class in Capoeira, which is a Brazilian martial art.
0: Avrami's uh, giving you a thumbs up for that, by the way. Yeah,
2: it's really really <laughs> cool. That's where I spent my fun day today at his uh, new belt ceremony, and his. Master, as they call it, Mamucci, um, performs every Friday afternoon with his capoeira buddies.
0: that's cool um, on the stage there that's very cool,
2: so there are all sorts of performances and sometimes street theater and there are craft fairs, and there are fairs that sell kids. there's one night a week that they sell kids stuff another time then where they sell design, like um, clothing and um, it's recent, a real
0: happening how recent is that how recent is that development because I was in Israel. Just just, um, well, I mean, well, we were there for the marathon, but I didn't get to, to uh, sightsee. That was a business trip. But last summer, I don't remember that, I mean, maybe I just didn't get there, but I don't remember that already having been developed. Am I? No, it
2: actually, it just opened Shavuos. Oh, wow. On Arab Shavuos, they had a big opening party. Wow. And it's also, it's the beginning of what we call Park HaMessila, which is the train track park that goes from that first station all the way to Malcha, to Teddy Stadium.
0: Wow, how long is that, you know? That's, tr- that's a track that runners use.
2: Yes, that's a great track for runners, walkers, bike riders. Along the way, there are some places to stop and, like, use exercise equipment. Um, you'll see lots of kids out there. So cool. It's, it's really cool. So at this first station, you can also rent electric bikes. You can rent Segways, and, and they give you tours that start from there and go down the Park on the Sila.
0: There's um, – th- I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't think that I am, that all these new, cool – developments that are going on going on in jerusalem either i didn't know either i wasn't paying attention before i didn't know about them before or they are all just really happening now am i wrong
2: no there are a lot of things coming to fruition now teddy stadium's just been enlarged there's another arena that's just been built right next door teddy stadium is actually going gr- to have a grand opening they they actually had a grand opening this past couple of weeks because they had a special um, i forgot how exactly what they called it a soccer tournament European, oh, I don't want to say the wrong term. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's fine.
2: Something with youth, something with Europeans, and something with soccer.
0: Okay, don't worry. I'm. <laughs> Let's say that. I'm sure somebody, I'm getting a lot of Facebook posts today. I have a, <laughs> I have a feeling somebody's going to chime in and tell us what it's okay, called. Okay, please,
2: let somebody let you know exactly what it's called. Anyway, the, and the Maccabea games are, are going to be starting July 18th, and those are also the grand opening ceremony and the clothing ceremony are at Teddy Stadium.
0: Is it, uh, U-E-F-A? U-E-F-A. I don't know. Some, Could be? I don't know. Did so, someone just send you that? Yes, and he's got to calm down because he has sent it now six times. But that's, <laughs> now we're up to seven. And I eight. really
2: apologize if I've offended any soccer fans.
0: Yeah, I don't, anyway. I think that this guy's just a stalker. But anyway. Um,
2: <laughs> let's go We've ba- got also another really exciting park that's opening up in July. Is okay. the Teddy Kollek Park?
0: Oh, I was going to ask you about that because there's a beautiful photograph um, on FunInJerusalem.com highlighting this park. But let me just ask you something: Is it near Barkat? Is it the mayor of Jerusalem who's really spearheading all of these uh, all of these projects, or are just a lot of things coming together at the same time? No,
2: I really believe he, a lot of these projects started before his time, but I really believe that the the new culture in Jerusalem, the the feeling that there are always festivals and always something fun around the corner, that is definitely near Barkat, and I'm a, a big supporter of his.
0: Well, he, and for, as he runs for re-election. I was about to say, and he has my vote here from Woodmere. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Teddy Kollek Park. The park is grand opening at the end of July.
2: Yes. So the park you you probably have walked past it many many times is at the bottom of, um, it's like across the street from Mamilla. At the bottom of the hill, right across from Jaffa Gate. Okay. So it's now like a whole gated area. It's a whole gated park. Inside, they're going to have dancing fountains that every evening at 8 o'clock are going to dance. It's like a sound and light show with the dancing water. And from what I understand, you'll actually be able to even walk through wow. the water and try to not get caught.
0: <laughs> I can use that right now because I noticed that on, the, uh, on your website, it's like low 80s right now in Jerusalem. Well, I can tell you it's schmoiling here. Um we've had our own little sin. I shouldn't complain because I know you guys have had some uh toasty weather, but it's been uh <laughs> it's not so pretty around here. So this water is looking quite inviting. I gotta be honest with you. Um so what else is going on? You have stuff that's coming soon in August, but let me yeah. ask you let me ask you about the snappling. You wrote that the snappling the snappling has reopened. Yes, they're my
2: favorite location for snappling, which is repelling. I guess it's a Hebrew word for repelling. Right. Um, What's the word we use here. And our favorite location is Gay Ben which is the area right below the Cinematheque across from the old city walls. And for the last about, it's been about a year and a half to two years, that whole park area has been closed because they were just, um, I wouldn't say remodeling or renovating, but they were just securing the the cliffs basically, making sure that everything in that area was was safe for people to come and, and enjoy just using the park, okay. and our guy who we recommend for Snappling uses a, a special huge tree at the top of the cliff to attach the Snappling ropes and people climb down. And it's, it's so fun. It's so quick and easy to get to from the hotels, um, and it's really an experience. Everyone, he, He's great with beginners, and he's great with people who are more advanced.
0: As a person who has taken her family's Snappling um, using Joanna's site and Joanna's guys, I can tell you it really is fantastic. And I think that there was only one Wallach who uh, was not up to the task, so to speak. But we were going up and down and just having a blast. And then, of course, there was the opportunity to go in the opposite direction, (laughs) which was to scale the wall, scale the rocks, and try and make it back up to the cliff. Um, Obviously, with the assistance of those fine gentlemen who were holding the ropes, because Lord knows I would not have been able to do it on my own. But it was really a fantastic fantastic experience and something I've never done anywhere else.
2: It's, it's really a lot of fun, and at the end of the day, you get to meet Israel's rock climbing champion, because he's, he's the main guide who takes people sampling. Oh, I didn't realize that.
0: Um, you also have down that there's fruit picking in Gush Etzion. What kind of fruit are we looking at?
2: So this is interesting. The, Gush Etzion is known for its cherry picking, and a letter went out this year in an email to, to the press saying, we're really sorry, but this year the, the cherry harvest is very small, because last year it would have been so great, and due to the weather, it just, it was a very small season. It's a very short season. So this year it's mostly raspberries and cranberries, and um, it's available. You can book it privately anytime time during the week, and Fridays usually have open family days.
0: That's cool. That is very cool. But why, would you, um, why do they limit it to just uh, you going by appointment kind of a thing?
2: Um, well, the truth is that most kids in Israel are in school until Sunday. We have oh. not started our summer vacation yet.
0: I did not Oops. realize that. July 1st is the first official day of summer here. I did not realize your kids are still in school. Yes, they are. Considering how many buses have already left from uh, the New York area going up to the uh, Catskills, I'm actually I'm actually pretty surprised. But my kids don't live in, leave until Sunday. If you hear excess screaming from Long Island, that's because my kids are still at home. Um, let's look for a second though at the left side of Fun in Jerusalem. You talk about you mentioned four different hotels that are known as family friendly family friendly. Hotels. What makes a family-friendly hotel?
2: To me, a family-friendly hotel is a place that has space where the kids can run around. Um, I usually think of family-friendly as younger children. Um, teenagers can pretty much, you know, be fine anywhere they're staying. But uh, a place that's got food that's geared towards children, a place that is not going to give you nasty looks every time your kid <laughs> runs through the front hall. Right. Um and if uh, for me, I, f- I feel like if a place in Israel, it's so hot, if a place has a beautiful pool, that gives it extra points. There's no question about it.
0: See, now, when I think of the David Citadel, I may I, I understand where you're coming from in terms of those being criteria, but I don't know that that's true about the other guests who are there. Are they, are they appreciating the fact that they're staying in a kid-friendly hotel?
2: Well, the truth is the David Citadel is the one that's the most interesting because they... They actually took a specific room near their gym and converted it into a children's playroom. And it is top, 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 as they say here. Like, it is done by a designer from Tel Aviv. It's incredible. And you can see pictures of it on our website. And I'm
0: going there now. I'm going there now. One you time. have
2: to find the David Citadel Hotel post.
0: Oh, but, I have um, to. All right, I went to the wrong place. Okay, yeah, I'm with you.
2: If you go all the way down to the bottom of the page where it says latest blog post, you'll find it there. Okay.
0: Okay. David Citadel Hotel. Yeah, I want to see it.
2: Um, you have to just look at the picture. I mean, it's incredible. They take Ooh. you know landmarks in Jerusalem and build them in kid size. So I want to go. Walk into the windmill.
0: It's very inviting.
2: And, you know, they've got a bit of Machane Yehuda with their, makolet, their market right. section. Um, and the windmill. They've got a big windmill. They've got a lion, and it's this is geared towards young kids. Then the second area, which you can't see in this picture, has Sony Playstations and is geared for slightly older kids. Wow. So, you know, on one hand, I'll tell you actually, if you want to know, if you want to be in the know on some uh, Jerusalem hotel news, there are two big two big pieces of news. One, at the beginning of Emek Rafaim, they have now dug a very, very deep hole for what will be in Israel.
0: Oh, wait a minute. So that's for, for people who are looking to be near the train station where you just explained that all of these... Diff- exactly.
2: It's right across
0: the street. You mean that lot is now going to be occupied?
2: Yeah, it's a, it, it's a, already you can see a huge hole. It's basically the triangle between Derech Beit Lechem and, and Emek Rafa'im.
0: I thought Malone Eisenberg was opening up there, but I didn't realize it was an Isra um So now you have, so that people understand the configuration, there's the Inbal, there's Ganapa HaPamon, and now there's another hotel. Exactly. Okay, so the only thing separating everybody is Ganapa HaPamon. The truth is that the closer you are to Amicre Rafaim, which is
2: now really the happening place, the better, right. the better off you are.
0: Are they opening up hotels further down Amicre like into the Italian colony, like that area, or no?
2: Um, not as of yet, although I have heard talk about different suite hotels looking for locations.
0: Oh, really? Because the, the
2: Tamar residence that I mentioned on the site is actually an apartment hotel, and it's right off of Derf Beit Lechem. It's right on top of a amazing cafe called the Grand Cafe, and although they don't have the facilities of pool or large, you know, area public areas, each apartment has its own balcony and its own little garden, and it's a perfect place to stay, especially if you're coming in for longer than a, a couple a week or so.
0: Are those um, are those smaller boutique hotels like accepting kids, friendly to kids, or prefer- yes? Okay.
2: No, for sure. The, the, like the Tamar Residence is is geared towards families. Interesting. For sure. But the one that's really interesting, which I went to see last week, is that Israel has just opened up another spa hotel similar to Yarota Carmel, really, and it's just outside Jerusalem in an area called Kiryat Anavim.
0: And is that the, so, that was the second major announcement you wanted to uh,
2: you wanted that to? That you know, is because I I assumed, as I assume you assumed, that kids would not be welcome.
0: Seriously, right?
2: Like Yarota Carmel. I was about but, to say,
0: what's the age what's the age bracket Yeruta Carmel? Nobody under sixteen. Um. Sixteen or eighteen. Okay.
2: Yeah. So in, at the Kramim, they are accepting families. They do have a beautiful pool outside, and they've built a kiddie pool. And although they don't have a kid's room, they do have play, Sony PlayStations that you can rent and or request and bring up to your room. So it's still a spa hotel. It's still not a place to bring a wild two-year-old. But um, they we can like arrange to call them. We like
0: to call them lively.
2: <laughs> lively. Yeah. I have one of them. There you She's go. delicious. <laughs> But she would be running around like crazy in the hotel. And just to give you a feel, like the the spaces in the hotel that are used for shops are used are going to be a wine shop and a wine tasting nice. bar. So like it's not a kid hotel, although they do allow kids. Joanna so that's Shepson, something new.
0: Joanna Shepson from Jerusalem dot com joins us now live on the phone from Jerusalem, Joanna. We only have a couple minutes left, but let me ask you something. There are plenty of hotels in the United States that have um, adult only. Facilities, and like there's the quiet pool, or the or the you know adult friendly nightclub, or whatever it is. Are there places in Israel, or you know specifically hotels in Jerusalem, where they look at families and they say, okay, we're dividing you guys up. You guys can all do this, and you and, and yes, there are playstations over here, and there's the kids macolet kind of playground over here. But now this is just for adults.
2: Um, you know, the truth is, I don't think so. None of the hotels that I know of have like adult only floors the only place where the kids are not welcome is if a hotel has like an executive lounge then the kids are not allowed to come into the executive lounge uh-huh and what is
0: so about... that
2: is the sacred place and what yeah
0: and what's about what about the um what hotel were they building a uh, four seasons were they building that on um was that on Yafo? it's still talk
2: are you I serious have seen anything yet
0: and and the uh,
2: waldorf is still opening soon i i for real it is always opening soon <laughs> It looks like it's opening soon. There's still a sign that says opening soon. That's hysterical. But I actually went to a I went to a Jerusalem tourism conference and there was a guy there who works for Sheldon Adelson and he was staying obviously at the Citadel from the way he was speaking and he said, You know, I'm in the rest I'm in the hotel business and every time I come to visit Israel, I look across outside my window and it says coming soon. Why aren't these hotels coming soon faster? <laughs> That's, That's a very, very good
0: question. That was a great line. I know you had posted from that conference something about ways not being acquired, right? Somebody had me- He said,
2: yes, <laughs> it was a week before. Right. And somebody said to him, is it true? And he says, if I believed every time it was written in the paper that I was going to be sold, I'd be a really rich man.
0: Well, lo and behold. Exactly. Guess what? Right. Somebody cashed in big time. Uh, you can find out more information about things going on in Jerusalem by going to funinjerusalem.com. Um... Joanna, I honestly meant what I said when I said that the uh, the the website looks even better every time I go on it. For those people who don't know, Joanna's website started as what we call a mommy blog, and I I credit you to to just how much it has grown and what it has become. So kola kavod.
2: Thank you very much. We just really try to give everyone the activity and attraction information they want from a parent's perspective.
0: Well, you do a great job. FuninJerusalem.com, Joanna. Thank you so much, Layla Tove.
2: Thank you. Have a fun rest of
0: your day. Uh, thanks so much. You're listening to That's Life here on the Malcolm Siegel Network. I'm Miriam Elwalik, and we are joined by our second guest, whos who, is, um, who I, I'm not going to meet this weekend, but I have a feeling I'm going to meet somebody else that he works with. Kobe Cohn is the chief operating officer at Gelato Petrini, which is located in Delray Beach, Florida, and actually is being featured. They are booth number 4527 at the Fancy Food Festival this weekend, starting this weekend, in New York City kobe joins us on the phone hello kobe
3: hi how are you
0: i am doing very well kobe's favorite flavor by the way for those of you who are wondering is pistachio cardamom
3: <laughs> yeah today it seems to be i'm I, i'm a serial monogamous with my favorite flavors so, so you have no commi- you, know, it, you have
0: no commitment issues
3: you know i i i, I no i don't <laughs> <laughs> uh we we create so many new ones and you know I, I have such an intense passion for the new things that we're working on that it seems that you know whatever the the new thing that we just kind of came up with it really kind of you know catches my eye and I stay on that for a while and then it burns out and I have to find some some new crazy flavor to come up with.
0: So you so just explain to me is it the pistachio it's ca- pistachio cardamom and espresso chip all in one?
3: Yeah, exactly. You know we we, we had a, a really beautiful you know classic Italian uh, pistachio that we've done for forever. And, um, you know one of the things that we like to do you know we're we're incredible foodies here, uh but we also love to travel, so we like to try to find recipes and formulations that help take us back to memories that we had of you know experiences abroad and you know there there's flavors as I've been traveling you know uh in and about in you know Israel and Turkey and other places that you know just kind of really brought back kind of a you know a uh uh, just a memory of of pistachio of, of cardamom desserts that I had,
0: Wow. and we
3: ended up getting these beautiful espresso chips and we mixed it in there and and it just was was a kind of a really special flavor that we came up with.
0: Gelato Petrini, by the way, people should know is under the ORB, the um, Orthodox Rabbinic Board of Hollywood, Florida. They have pariv and dairy desserts and challah yusrol and non challah yusrol desserts. You also have stuff that's kosher for Pesach, correct?
3: Yeah, we're uh, really one of the only, you know, uh, natural ice cream or or, or gelato manufacturers uh, that really, you know, pay attention to the Passover holiday. And we do, uh, you know, a lot of our business, you know, we'll cost you the plant and and, uh, do a big production for Passover.
0: So what I found really interesting is that the first time I had met, um, I had, I should say, interacted with the product was at Kosher Fest. But to see you guys being featured at a... I don't want to say generic or non-specific or whatever, but not a specifically kosher food festival this weekend. A massive food festival was really quite very quite exciting.
4: Yeah,
3: you know it's a you know it's a product that we we we're very proud of. You know the the steps that we take to to preserve you know you know the uh, the quality of you know our hexer down here. but it's not something that is, is specific, you know, to a kosher market. You know, if you didn't know that, you know, what the, you know, the ORB was or if you weren't particularly looking for, for the hex from the product, it, it, it's a beautiful gelato. It's, uh, you know, uh, my partner, um, Meryl Petrini, his family has a long history. He was classically trained in Milan to, to make gelato. These are all their family's recipes. You know, so, you know, you have all those old world uh, traditions that have gone into the formation of this company, you know, combined with you know some some new blood and some energy and some passion for for new flavors and new things that we're doing here, you know the result is is it, it's a great product for for anybody. So you know we had a lot of success last year when we were the the best in show for our uh, uh, chocolate peanut butter soy gelato at Kosher Fest. But you know we we we, we you know like to exhibit wherever we can, and you know the, the Specialty Food Association um, you know is a great venue for us because. You know we, we like to to be you know with, with uh, you know other products of the caliber and quality of, of what we're trying to do. So. See,
0: see that's what I love. I love the fact that being kosher for you is a footnote, and I'm I'm being that I'm make, I'm saying that completely seriously because I think it speaks to the fact that kosher food has been elevated to a point where it is so commonplace. I mean, I can go to Food Town and some other kind of. You know, Win Dixie or whatever, a non a, a a store that sells both kosher and non-kosher products, and see somebody standing online next to me who could possibly not be Jewish or is Jewish, but like there's there's plenty of of items that I have in my basket that she has in her basket that are both kosher, but it doesn't matter to her because to her she's not even looking for it. But me, I'm specifically looking for it. But the quality of the food is that good that she, nobody's thinking twice.
3: Right, and I, I think, you know, there, there is, you know, kind of a, a, a relationship there between the two of them. You know, uh, we, we've had our, our uh, retail shop down here in South Florida for about five years. Don and Merrill started the company then. And, you know, we've opened up our factory uh, early on in, in the beginning of this year. And so we're now, you know, in, in this, you know, growth and expansion phase. And if we didn't have the two sides, we wouldn't be able to deliver the same breadth and quality of, of product. Uh, to either group, you know, either the, the kosher group or, or, or people who are just looking for high quality items, you know, we we, we can do more of the whole this Rail stuff because we have customers that you know are are, are just buying you know quality gelatos, right. so we we can you know increase the the you know our, our purchasing power you know across them.
0: We Kobe, where we lose them? I think we lost Kobe. Yeah, let's try let's try and call him back or you want to um listen. All right, let's try and call him back. We're going to try and pick up Kobe back on I don't hear him at all. We're going to try and pick up Kobe back. Hello? Oh, there. Hey. Hey,
4: sorry about
0: that. That's all right. You pressed the mute button. I'm just kidding. No,
3: I didn't actually you know, I looked on the <laughs> phone to see, you know, sometimes you get that on the iPhones, but no, I I'm, I'm, I'm so good.
0: That's all right. All right, I'm happy to have you back. Um anyway, you gave up rummy a sorry little bit of a that. heart attack, but that's okay. Um but let me ask you a question. When you go to these when you go to these food fests that are not specifically like kosher fest, do you find that there are a lot of other very high-quality products or manufacturers that also just look at the kosher certification as a footnote because it appeals to another market, but they're still doing their, they're still doing their thing and the, the certification doesn't compromise them? Like, are there, is there a crowd amongst you?
3: There is, you know, and it's a growing crowd. I mean, with things being so competitive right now, you know, everybody's looking for the, the next customer and, and what they can attract that next customer with. So you know, there are things that that people do, um, you know, with with going in and seeking out kosher certifications just to, to kind of broaden their their audience base. Um, but you know, I think we take it a, you know a little bit one step further uh, because of of you know how far down you know into the, the 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 kosher food world we actually go. You know, a lot of people will will take you know on and they'll they'll, they'll have you know, their ice cream certified, you know, OUD, you know, or, you know, they'll just leave it at that, you know, but we actually have gone and we've developed and formulated part of lines and whole this rail line. Right. So it's not just something that we're doing because it's convenient and it's not, you know, something that's going to interrupt kind of, you know, the main functioning of the factory or, or, or you know, the, the product that we have envisioned. You know, this is actually a very strategic thing that we're very proud of and, and is important to, you know, the overall vision for the company
0: for us. No, and we appreciate it. Kobe Cohen is the chief operating officer at Gelato Petrini located in Delray Beach, Florida. Uh, so, Kobe, you got to tell me two things. Number one, what am I eating this weekend when I go to the stand? Because Lord knows I will be there. And n- oh. at number, well, I mean, let's be frank, I'm going to be there. And number two is, I don't mean to sound like an idiot, but what is the difference between gelato and ice cream?
3: You don't sound like an idiot. Okay. It's, it's something that you know we as Americans really don't understand. It's it's not something that the government has kind of set standards for like they have for ice cream. Um, so you know anybody can kind of slap a label on a product and call it gelato. But for us, we have a very traditional uh, view of our product and what we call our product you know is gelato. For it's uh, a product that is actually a healthier uh, dessert selection than your traditional premium ice cream. Uh, which is kind of you know a surprise to most people because when they eat it, it's so dense and it's so creamy that you know they, they think that it's got to you know be way worse for you. But in fact, it's you know on average it's about a third less calories, a third less fat, and third less saturated fat. Um, and you know the the benefit to that is is you don't have the fat coating your palate, so you know the the flavors and everything kind of are allowed to stay and they're intense. Um, you know, I, remember before I got involved in this company, you know you get a, a great bowl of a premium, you know, cappuccino ice cream, and those first two spoonfuls are just delightful. Right. But, you know, by the time you're at the end, you're like, why am I eating this? This is, you know, pretty much flavorless because your whole mouth has been kind of you know, coated with, a, you know, an extra layer that, that doesn't need to be there. So, you know, it's a, it's a healthier option, but it's a denser option. So we put in, you know, uh, traditionally about 20% of air overrun added to a gelato product, where ice cream can have anywhere from forty to one hundred and twenty percent of wow. the air. So, you know, most of what you're paying for in you know some ice creams is is you know just having some air pumped into the you know packaging. Basically,
0: they're all a bunch of hot air, so to speak. Tell me where Absolutely. can where can people get? Um, by the way, just to tell you that a a lower fat ice cream, so to speak, and I don't mean to belittle the product, as that almost reminds me like of a fat free cheesecake, something you couldn't get me near. But the truth of the matter is, is that when I've tasted. Um, when I tasted Gelato Patrini, when I tasted it at Kosher Fest, I was completely blown away, and was like, uh, took a couple of spoonfuls to remind myself that this was a healthier option because it is so flavorful, and because every spoonful is it is packed.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that, that's it. That's the whole you know the selling point for gelato is the intensity of the experience. It doesn't diminish as you, you're, you're you're having your dessert. You know, it's just something that is really creamy. It's really decadent. You know, we focus on, you know, really high quality flavors, you know, without adding artificial anything to it. You know, if it's mango, it, uh, the flavor is coming from, you know, uh, Alfonso mangoes that we, we put into the product. You know, being down here in Florida, we, we have, you know, great, uh, produce. So it's, it's, it's an easy, you know, pairing for us down here and we're not putting chemical flavorings or anything like that. So it's just real pure, clean flavors that we have in our product.
0: And how many how many products are you making with soy? Because as I'm going through the now freezing section of the website, which I think is quite <laughs> cute, there are, I mean, there's the cinnamon soy option, and then there was a creamsicle soy. How many soy options are you affording your customers? Because, again, there are so many people who have lactose um, intolerances these days that obviously... There is a more than a niche in the market, but there's a demand oh, in the market. There's a demand in the market for soy-related products. So, how many are you producing? What's up? What's what's new now?
3: Uh, you know, whenever people ask us, you know, how many flavors we have or this, that, or the other, it's the hardest thing. That I think we stopped counting at 300. You know, for general flavors. Okay. And that was about a year ago. Wow. And basically, anything that that we any flavor that we produce dairy. Uh, that doesn't have uh, a cheese in it, you know, uh, a cream cheese or mascarpone or ricotta, we, we can produce with a, a soy formulation or, you know, some other dairy alternative, you know, rice milk or almond milk, depending upon what, you know, the particular request is for the customers. We we, we use all three of those.
4: It's that but easy?
3: It's Well, it's not easy, but it's that doable. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of our, our traditional Italian flavors is cassata siciliana. It's a, a traditional... Sicilian holiday cake. It's a ricotta cheese and some uh you know almond paste and dried candied fruit. We had uh, one of our customers request that we produce that soy even so that he could have it for Shabbos dinner. Wow. And we've been working on, you know, using a, a tofuti ricotta and you know it's a work in progress, but you know, we'll we'll get it there, you know, within the next couple of months. So we're actually even taking it a one step further and, and things that we're you know, kind of off-limits before about being able to convert to or now even becoming possible for us.
0: And are, is, do you sometimes use, because I know that soy milk doesn't always work uh, for everyone, for everybody out on the market who's looking for an alternative. Do you also try almond milk?
3: We do almond milk, and we, we have done uh, formulations with, with rice milk as well. Um, you know, so almond milk we've done really nice. It works well with some flavors that, you know, kind of get a little bit nuttier. Uh, cappuccinos, obviously, you know, we have... Uh, you know, Amaretto works great with, with uh, almond milk formula. So there's there's lots of different ways that we can kind of go making a, a of product there.
0: Okay. Well, with one minute left, tell me what I'm going to be able to sample at the Fancy Food Show this weekend.
3: Well, with over 300 flavors, we can't bring them all. Aww. So we have a, a 12-flavor case. We're going to be there for three days. I don't know which particular day you're going to be there. I'm going Monday. Have, you're going Monday. I don't know which way we're going to revolve around the rotate the flavors, but we've brought – uh, tiramisu and cappuccino and uh, almond biscotti. Uh, we've brought uh, hibiscus. We've been focusing on some really antioxidant flavors, so we have a pomegranate, yumberry, blueberry flavor that is just sectional. Wow. Um, you know, just a lot of really exotic flavors. Thai tea, and uh, we actually have even done a Thai tea formulation. So, you know, all of these exotic things, along with our, our real classic Italian flavors, hazelnut, um Menefoy, which is a kind of a, a classic Italian wedding cake, um Dolce de leche. you know, for, for some of the, the flavors that are inspired by our Latin location down here. Wow. You know, we, we really have a, a cross the board uh, flavor profile.
0: Well, for those people who are interested, Gelato Petrini is located in Delray Beach. Um, it, it says here, one second, where is the commercial store located for people who want to go get a scoop?
3: uh it's a factory store we're located uh off of linton boulevard in delray beach florida uh we're going to be having our our website up shortly so people will be able to order off of the web and we'll ship it on dry straight stem nice we have uh a store that we send product up to uh in riverdale uh called the candy box and gelato shop uh where they can actually get the product now up in in the new york area oh
0: fantastic
3: we're opening up distribution, you know, uh, across the Northeast and, and even up uh, on the West Coast in Los Angeles. So that's really the focus for, of the show is we're, we're seeking new customers and, and new accounts so that we can open up some of these distribution relationships and really get the product into people's
0: hands. Well, Kobe Cohn from Gelato Petrini, I wish you the best of luck. I look forward to seeing either you or Dawn or anybody this weekend at the Fancy Food Show in New York City. And thanks for joining me.
3: No, well, we'll all be up there, so please stop
0: by and say hi. Oh, it would be my pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nahum Segal Network, and I am finally reaching my third guest, who I have to tell you, I don't think I've had this many posts on Facebook or texts in the middle of a program in a very, very long time. Miriam Mark joins me from Los Angeles. She is a blogger and a mother of three. Her oldest child is a child with special needs, and while we are all prepping prepping trunks, I should say, and saying goodbye at the bus, uh, Miriam, too... Sent her oldest son, her son with special needs, off to sleepaway camp for the first time, and she is on the phone with us now, about to uh, share that experience with us. Hello, Miriam.
5: Hello, Miriam. How many of those texts came from people related to me?
0: Um, you know, just a bunch. <laughs> I um, had a feeling. Um, to the point where I turned uh, my phone upside down. And <laughs> well
5: done. Yeah. I just told I just told those people <laughs> I'm closing my computer.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're um they're they're funny they're very supportive though they're very supportive so miriam your your uh blog markmiriamsword.blogspot.com, is where you chronicle or vent some days or share different experiences of being a parent with special with a child of special needs and you posted this week um just on monday you have a post called stoically freaking out talk to me about that
5: um a few posts ago i posted um I remember what the blog was called about my new outlook on uh, of, on being a mom of a child with special needs, which is that I'm taking everything in stride and I'm going to be stoic because somehow our life is just a crazy, ridiculous roller coaster. So instead of becoming um, overwrought by some of the things that happen, I've decided to take everything stoically, but then I decided to send my child to Camp Hask. Um, for the first time, he's only eight, and as it was nearing, I started to get a little more nervous uh, and truthfully freaking out about it. But since I've taken on this new stoic approach, I thought, okay, how can I freak out stoically? (laughs) I've been doing it internally mostly and very quietly, but about 48 hours ago I think it became a little less stoic and a little more freaking out.
0: Well, I, I will tell you that I posted, I took the liberty of posting your post on my timeline on Facebook, encouraging people to read it in advance so that they could cry and get that out of the way um, and be able to listen to the interview and not be clouded by the tears. Because I I will be very honest with you that uh, while I am not always the most emotional person at times when somebody would expect me to be emotional, I often burst out in laughter, this was such a moving piece and was so raw and so honest that, uh, I mean, it, it was really, really exceptional.
5: I'm a very um open and frank person and I um I write this for a few reasons I mean mostly for myself because it's um it's challenging being a parent of a child with special needs and I needed an outlet um and so I started writing it and it's really mostly for me to kind of process what goes on in my life but um I hear from people that Random people have read it and it's helped them, so I try to do that, too. And I think it's helpful, I hope, to people who are either um, going through what I'm going through or know someone who goes through what I go through and kind of opens their eyes to the experience. Um, And like you said, everyone's getting their kids ready for camp. I'm just like everyone else, but I kind of explain to people often that my life is their life on speed. So (laughs) essentially getting my son ready for camp. I mean, besides the fact that I've only ever gone to camp from the East Coast, and we live on the West Coast now, so that's a whole other experience, packing up a kid in duffel bags and nobody's picking up the trunk at your door and, you know, getting on a plane, sending your 8-year-old with special needs who you essentially care for as a full-time job. On top of your full time job and trusting that someone else is going to care for them in the way that you do for six right. and a half or seven weeks. Um, you know, grappling with does he know exactly what's going on? Does he understand? And I can tell you after taking him to the airport yesterday, he gets it. Wow. And he was really sad and he was crying a lot and that was very difficult to watch. Uh. Um, knowing that you're doing this because it's going to be great for him, right. but worrying that it won't be, um, You know, just like every parent worries when they send their kids to the camp. I said to my mother yesterday, you kept sending us, and we kept coming back. We hated it. Why did you keep sending (laughs) us? You know, will my son be able to tell that to us? Will he be able to express that he doesn't want to go back, or he does, you know, will he be able to come home and say, wow, it was amazing? You know, we hear from everyone that Hask is Disneyland for children. Right. But, you know, who knows? So it's scary.
0: Right. Well, as Nahum announced, we're actually going to be doing a show from Hask next week. Um, and as a person who was a, was a counselor in Hask for two years, I can tell you that the the care and the love for each camper is really that of the, that or rivals that of, of a family member or sometimes in certain cases even more than you love your family members. It's just very pure. And um, I think that, that that's why Hask is as successful as, as it is and has been for, around for so many years that parents like yourself who... Are are, are are entitled to that break. And that's something that the counselors in HASC and the staff in Hask know that they're providing. Um, and so they, they're happy to do that for you, and they're happy to care for your, for your child the same way that they would want their own child cared for.
5: You know, it's interesting because when I think about all the motivators of why we're doing this, and, and many people, there's been like a campaign of people trying to convince us to do this um, for a while, and, um, Yes, when you have a child with special needs, it it is all encompassing and and you need a break in your life and I did talk about that on my blog also.
4: Um,
5: But we send him really because we want him to have the experience of a life. You know, when when he is at home, his life is so governed and structured by different types of therapies and special school and, you know, getting through the day and, and I wanted him to have an opportunity to have just an awesome, fun time. Right. Um, the break is important, but as I said, you know what's amazing about Hask is every person is going to interact with your child calls you in advance to mm-hmm. learn about him and talk about him. And as I told every single counselor after kind of giving them the spiel, I said, at the end of the day, we're doing this because we, we were told that our child is going to have an amazing summer, and I appreciate that you're there to give it to him, and I'm counting on you. Uh, and I was really moved last night because one of the counselors said to me on the phone after I described my son... You know, I want to thank you for sending him to camp because, from the way you described him, I think he's going to make my summer.
4: Oh. Um,
5: Which was really meaningful to me and really special. Wow. Um, And you know, that's why I'm doing it. I really hope that he will have a great time. And then, if, as a side benefit in our family life, we have a little bit of calmness and we get to do some other things with our other children, um, I think that's icing on the cake. Right. But I really, it's hard to be a kid with special needs like it's hard to be the parent of one. And so for me, I hope that he gets to experience just unadulterated fun.
0: So you're on the West Coast, and you wrote that your husband took your son um, to the East over here and is now going to be the one to deliver him to camp.
5: I think he's being delivered as we speak. Oh, today I is the first day of camp. That's right. I think that they will actually have to physically remove my husband from <laughs> campus. I believe he may be hiding behind a tree for some time. Um <laughs> I think my son is going to have a bit of a difficult time and he'll be homesick. Right. I you know, he's easily bribable. So, you know, if someone hands him maybe some M and M's or some mail, my so son So are all of my kids.
0: Man. So are all of my kids, by the way. We all have that in common. <laughs> right. Um So's my husband. But anyway, yeah. There's um but you should know by the way that the first night in Hask when what I think is, 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 is makes Hask so amazing is that the first night in Hask is often a concert because they want to start the year the summer off with a bang and they want to make sure that anyone who's feeling homesick or blue forgets that in an instant and all of a sudden you have a rocking experience that first night and and it just gets better from there and um and it's funny because when i when i put my kids please god on the bus this sunday sunday could not come faster <laughs> the um the question that i wonder is when am i going to get my first letter so how are you getting feedback
5: so first of all you should know that one of the main reasons that I was willing to send my 8-year-old with special needs to Sleepaway Camp is because one of my closest friends is there for the summer. Oh. So I already told her she should expect in, uh, incessant texts and WhatsApps and phone calls. Um, even with the spotty reception, she should just stand in a place with good self-reception. Or she should attach
0: um, an antenna to herself or something if she's really a friend.
5: I'm going to tell her that. That's yeah, a good point. I, I'm here for um, that. The truth is... Um, you know, I, I assume they told us that we can call them and that they'll email us and they'll text us, and I have all the counselor's phone numbers, but because my son believes that he's a mailman, I'm actually more focused on making sure he gets a lot of mail at camp um, and <laughs> everyone in our family is on board. Right. So I don't expect to get any letters back from him. He doesn't write, but I expect him to be the most popular child in all of Hask and be getting mail, like maybe 20 letters a day, because everyone I know is sending him at least one a day. At Packages least. from family, too much candy. Right. Um, and so I, I, I assume that they can't let me know if there's a problem, <laughs> and if I don't hear anything, I'm going to hope that means everything is good.
0: Well, markmiriamsword.blogspot.com. That's Mark, M-A-R-K, Miriams, no apostrophe, Miriam's word dot blogspot.com Marian Mark Um, I hope we can check in with you at the end of the summer or after visiting day I would love to hear how things are going with your son and definitely want to hear at the end of the summer um, you know your uh, your Monday morning quarterback or your retrospect your uh, perspective now that it's all over
5: absolutely and I assume that after you're up there next week you'll uh, give my son a hug and send me a picture or something let me know how he's doing he's the cute cute blonde kid
0: (laughs) I just hope I don't hug him too hard. That's uh, uh, can <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, Miriam, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Keep writing.
5: I will. There Thanks pl- so much, Miriam. Th- there are
0: plenty of us who enjoy it. My pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. You're listening to That Five here on the Nahum Segal Network. We have a full lineup, and of Rummy, as always, is giving me dirty looks, so I want to make sure to get – I know, I know, I know. I'm not good about time. Uh, let's go through the lineup. Randy is on next with something to talk about. She has on Esther Simon, she- who is a – social worker. She's an MSW with, and a traditional home organizer. They will discuss how to prepare kids for camp and then how to reorganize when they get home. You know that moment when you're inundated with laundry? Yep, they're going to get you through it. Followed by Jewish Reaction, presented by the OU, hosted by Ellie Hagler, and Michael Fragan's spin class at 6 o'clock. Then at 7, Thursday Night Extravaganza with Nachum, followed by The Stunt Show, hosted this week by Mayor Ferdig, and Book of Life with Charlie Harari. Charlie, oh sorry, Charlie recaps the year that was, including lessons that he's learned. And at 11 p.m., Charlie Burnout wraps up. Tune in all day long. Join Nahum tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 as he hosts Jay Nahum live here on the stream, followed by bump it a bum, the world premiere of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman, live from Gourmet Glot in Cedarhurst. A supersized edition, 9 to 10.30 with two complete cooking demonstrations. You don't want to miss it. Uh, Rummy is going to miss it. But, um, sorry, that's life. Oh, sorry.